Welcome to another episode of Missing Pieces, my weekly audio journal podcast where I talk about what I'm up to and what I'm into. And this week was a bittersweet one because it was our annual Ocean City, Maryland trip, something that we look forward to every year and always have a great time. And this year, we especially did. What made it bittersweet was the fact that this is our final vacation. And I know that is a very first world problem to have, but if you haven't been following along with this journey very long, you know that the last year, plus two months, plus summer vacation of last year, Cody has been on a sabbatical. So we've used this year to pretty much cross off a lot of things off our bucket list and have a lot of experiences and create a lot of memories that we wouldn't have had otherwise and doing a lot of things that I put off in my life uh, because I was a saver for a very long time. I was a planner for a very long time. And this year is the year that we decided, particularly after COVID happened, the world shut down, and we've had these opportunities come to us through the world of YouTube. I decided that we decided collectively that this was going to be the year that we went and did all these things. And if you've been following along with the journey, you've seen all those things. I've talked about them all here. There's videos, countless of them, spent many hours editing this year. But this was the final trip. This is the final hurrah, if you will, the end of an era, maybe. I don't know what kind of dramatic title I need to give this to get people to watch or listen, but it's... Uh, I guess it's finally over. We've got about a week and a half left of summer vacation, at least for Cody. She goes back a few days before Clark Mann. But then we're back into school mode and things change drastically for me. And I'm sure we'll talk about that in future episodes and my plans. I've been really contemplating on the direction I want to take things and what I want to do. And I'm like, it's again, it's bittersweet because I'm, I'm sad that this chapter is coming to an end, but I'm so excited about the next one because I have so many things that I want to do as a creator and as a person that wants to get organized. And I feel like there's a lot of stuff that I can do to create content. And that's like my favorite thing to do. So that is to be coming. And we'll be talking about that in future episodes, of course, because that's what I'll be up to. And that's what I'll be into in September and October and so forth. But this week, let's talk about our final Ocean City, Maryland trip for this year. We're, de we're definitely going back, particularly after this week, because I've learned that I absolutely love going to the beach. Actually, that wasn't something I learned. <laughs> it's, I think it's a fact. It's something that I, I just love the environment. I think what I love about Ocean City, Maryland, and I'll talk about all the stuff that I did there, but I just want to say a brief overview here. Oftentimes I find myself comparing Outer Banks and Ocean City and which one do I like better? Which one do I prefer? And I feel like they both have their wins in different categories. I would say Outer Banks is the place to go if you just want to chill. You don't want all the commercial stuff. You just want to like go out on the beach and be with your family, not have anyone else around. Hit up George's, which has the best seafood and all you can eat crab legs in the world. I, I can't really make that claim because I haven't been to all the all-you-can-eat buffet crab places in the world, but it's on my list of things to do. It's a great place just to chill, right? But what I love about Ocean City, Maryland, and why I maybe like it more than Ocean or, or more than Outer Banks, as I get them all confused, I love the fact, and this it's for the same reason that I love going to amusement parks. I love to see people having a good time, and I like to be in the mix with people having a good time. And Ocean City is exactly that, particularly the boardwalk area. You go down there, it's just people everywhere. There's performers happening. There's music playing. There's people shopping, people having food. It's just a super happy experience. And when you look at people, unlike us, you look at them and you know, like, this is their vacation for this year. And they're having the time of their life for this one week. And I'm just like, man, I love being in this. And I like that activity. I like being around other people. It's, it's, it's stimulating, right? 
the world is very sad and lonely if you're by yourself. As much as I'm an introvert and I do get power from being alone, like the studio space, as much as of a mess it is, this is like my my home base. This is my man cave. This is where I, I regenerate. But sometimes I like putting myself out there. And I think it's important to do that. Uh, so Ocean City is right up there with me. And I'll tell you why in this episode, why I love it so much. Starting with us going there this week, uh, was obviously planning to go. It was kind of up in the air a little bit. We were looking for some nice weather. So I decided that this year I wasn't going to book it early. I was like, let's just wait until we have a nice, good streak of weather. I wasn't planning to go for an entire week. In fact, this week we went Tuesday through Friday. And that was mainly because the weather supposedly was supposed to be good the whole time. Spoiler alert, it wasn't, at least for one day. But I was like, okay, let's just ride this out. We'll see what the weather's like. I'll book a place. Because I was looking at the Hilton, the place that we always go to. Very expensive place. Very expensive. In the words of Mr. Dink from Doug, if anyone knows, you know. My One of my favorite childhood shows, by the way. I, I relate to Doug so much. If you don't know, who, just look it up. Look up Doug, the cartoon from Nickelodeon. Me and Doug are like the same person. Anyways... We were looking at the weather, trying to figure out when to go, and this week looked good. I had been looking at the Hilton like this entire time, and it hadn't been sold out. The past years sold out like every year. Back when it used to be like $400 a night. Back when it used to be like $600 a night. Now creeping on $700 a night. I was like, nobody's buying that. Well, it turns out that it was sold out. And I come to find out once we got there on our first dinner, it turns out that this week is like a... uh, famous fishing thing that's happening in Ocean City, Maryland. I don't know if it's Marlin, what it is, but everyone comes there to fish. In fact, like the end of the boardwalk is all about like fishermen and stuff like that. And most of these guys, if you're a fisherman type and you have the money to have all the, you know, the supplies or tickets or whatever you need to go there, you're not going to stay at like some janky motel. There are some of them there in Ocean City. You're going to stay at a nice place. And the Hilton, in my opinion, is probably the nicest, most luxurious place you can stay in Ocean City. Not that I've been to them all, but like looking around after after I found out that it was in fact sold out this week because I, I'm assuming because of the fishing thing. I was like, well, shoot, our place is sold out. What are we going to do? And I started looking at Airbnbs because I had looked at that before and there were some places open that were kind of like on the bay side. So there's like an ocean side to the east and there's a bay side to the, to the west, sort of like Saved by the Bell. And someone, one person got that joke. One person. I'm doing the deep early 90s cuts here with Doug and Saved by the Bell. And I'm thinking you're probably going to have to be in your late 30s or 40s or maybe older to to hit some of these. Anyways, I'll stop. There were some Airbnbs that I was like, dude, these are kind of nice. When you know it this week, though, they're gone. So I'm like, shoot, where are we going to go? This is our like only week we can do this. It's beautiful. We got to take advantage of this. So I'm looking at the various Hilton operations that they have because I'm a Hilton Honors member. I have the American Express Hilton card. I have points saved up. And I'm like, since this is our final trip, I want to blow all my Hilton points, which surprisingly weren't very many because I've been using them here and there to get free nights and stuff. But it turns out that just literally two hotels down from the Hilton is the Hilton Garden Inn. And it had surprisingly good reviews. And I'm like, okay, I've stayed at Hilton Garden Inn in Lancaster before, and it was really nice. This place doesn't have the epic outdoor pool setup that the other Hilton has, but it's also $500 and like $50 a night versus like $700. So I'm like, okay, I'm willing to sacrifice a pool for a few days to save $150. Not that I really have the choice anyway, because obviously I can't go to our normal spot. In fact, you know, I should have reached out to Hilton. And sometimes I think about this and this is going to sound like really terrible, but like I've been at that Hilton before and people have come up to us and 
like met us and said they're, they're staying there because they saw us stay there in the videos. At what point are you like famous enough or like have enough clout to, uh, to be like, Hey, Hilton, how about you just give us a room and in exchange, we'll make like this epic video showing off all your stuff. I don't know if they would like our video from last year. Cause we had a bad experience last year and that kind of like turned me off. In fact, this year I was kind of reluctant to even go there one because of the price they're, they're getting out of hand. It's more expensive to stay at the Hilton Ocean city, Maryland than it is. For, and that's for like one hotel room than it is for us to stay a night in Outer Banks where we have three bedrooms, two stories, a full kitchen, two or three bathrooms. Like it's, they're just crazy. They're out of their minds, but supply and demand, right? Are you gonna stay at like the little motel that's 16 blocks away from the beach? Or are you gonna stay there and have poolside service of food and drinks and all that stuff? I guess it depends on your budget, but we make it a priority and like that's been our place. I don't know if it is anymore because the Hilton Garden Inn, as we check in there, we first of all, we left, I think it was 9 a.m. on Tuesday. What's supposed to be a five and a half hour drive was more like a seven hour drive, just tons of traffic. It was crazy. And we didn't even go like the primary way. We had to go like the backup way because it turned out that was gonna be faster because of all the traffic, which is when you know things are kind of wild. When you're going the scenic route and that's faster than the primary route, crazy. But anyways, driving through Delaware, lovely, very flat, very beautiful. Not as beautiful as Virginia though. Sorry, Delawareans. We get there at like four-ish, I think. Yeah, it was. we left at nine, got there at like four. We're, we're pretty hungry. So we decide that we're just gonna have dinner in the hotel. They have a restaurant down on the first floor. Solstice, I think is what it was called. And when you know it, like we, Cody had a reservation. Turns out it wasn't necessary because there was no one eating there. And we ended up eating outside, like on the, beside the beach, not on the beach, but you can look over and you can look out over the water and stuff. And it was great. I had fish tacos, which I wasn't a huge fan of. And I've been learning in my travel experience that, you know, I push myself a lot of times with foods. Like I wouldn't ordinarily get fish tacos. I was going to get the hamburger they had on the menu. I'm a simple man, hamburgers, pizzas. I eat like a eight-year-old. Okay. Just picture an eight-year-old, what they like to eat, fish sticks, <laughs> macaroni and cheese. Now I'm like, I could eat pizza. I'd eat, I would literally eat pizza every meal if I could, but I'm, I'm okay with like other, other things. And I sometimes push myself. I love the stuff that Cody makes. She's been experimenting with uh, like a vegetarian diet lately. She got this book like randomly at the grocery store and it had all these various recipes in there and she's been trying them one by one. And I swear every one of those is delicious. Like it's absolutely incredible. It was kind of an expensive book. It was at Wegmans, but man, the food is just hitting on that. But at restaurants, I, I push myself like these fish tacos. I didn't love it. I kind of wish I would have got the hamburger. Clark got chicken tenders. That would have been more up my alley probably, but you know, you, you got to try stuff. So I wasn't thrilled with the meal. Cody ended up getting uh, like seared ahi, ahi tuna or something like that. She liked hers. Mine was eh, but that was okay because we were going to the boardwalk that night and we all know what happens on the boardwalk. What stays on the boardwalk comes home with you in your belly on the boardwalk. But we sat there. It was just a, like a private dining experience. It reminded me of when we went to see the Mario movie at our now closed movie theater when it was just us and we got the whole thing to ourselves. It was like that out there. It was just us looking at the ocean sitting there after a long day of driving. It was lovely. So we did that and then we got, we had everything like already unpacked. We didn't take much stuff with us. It was only a three day excursion, but then we were, we're going to the boardwalk and that's where I was like, okay, fish tacos didn't hit, but I know some places down there. And what we decided to do, the cool thing about where this hotel is, is that it's literally like 
one block or two blocks away from where the boardwalk starts. The boardwalk wraps about 26 blocks down. We're on the 28th block. It goes, I think it goes up past, well past 100 of these numbered streets. So we just walked out of the front of the hotel, which is like the back side. And then we walked around it and then got on the boardwalk. And right there waiting for us was the tram. And I decided I wanted to ride the tram. I couldn't remember how it worked last time we did it. It's been a long time because usually I would just drive down from the Hilton and I would park the car and pay to park, and then we would walk around. Then when we're done, we get back in the car and drive back home. In this case, I was like, let's do the tram, ride that all the way down to the end, and then we'll walk back home from the end of the boardwalk and kind of experience it as we come back, which I highly recommend doing. It's about 2.4 miles, lovely walk, and for the reasons I described earlier, for the fact that there's lots of people out there enjoying themselves, and it's just a happy, festive environment. The weather in the evenings there is like a, a nice like 72 degrees, very, very lovely. We get on the tram, we sit there and wait forever. It's $5 per person to ride on the tram, which if, if you don't know what the tram is, it's like a Jeep that is pulling all these like train cars, essentially like uh, passenger cars that everyone sits in. And then as you ride this, if you want to get off, you just raise your hand and you can get off wherever you want. Uh, I think some people just sit and ride it all day. Like when it turned around to pick us up, there were already people on it, which means that they had ridden up. And I think it's just like maybe what people do like that go to the mall that just want to people watch. The greatest way to people watch is when you're moving because then you can like you're passing by everyone and you can see what everybody's up to. And people watching is a fun thing to do. I don't know if you've ever tried it before, but just go somewhere where people congregate and just sit and watch them. Like it's it's fascinating to see like what are people dressing like, what do they look like? Uh, one thing that I've noticed, and this is gonna sound kind of negative, but one thing that I've noticed from this trip in particular about people, at least here in in the United States, maybe this is everywhere now, I notice a lot of overweight people. And uh, not just like, got a couple pounds to lose, but like pretty darn heavy. And I've noticed in particular that people don't seem to have any shame about that at all. Like they're fully embracing it. Like two piece swimsuits, 350 pounds, you know, it's, it's like just living their greatest life. And I had admiration for people that can be that comfortable in their own skin. But then I also wish for these people like, boy, like carrying that weight around is, is not good for you. Like just, if you just work towards, you know, getting that off. But then again, I'm down there heating up uh, dough rollers and uh, thrashers, which we'll talk about here. Um, and hopefully that isn't, it's not a criticism towards people that have weight problems. I've been there. I'm still fighting, but I just, you're just going to feel so much better if, if you, if you get that weight off, it's just, it's hard to carry that around. But yeah, I noticed like if, if you were to glance just down the way, you would probably notice I don't know. I can't really put a number on it, but I would say the majority of people are overweight and it's, I don't think it's their fault necessarily. I think food's easy to come by. Calories are very easy to come by. Exercise is hard to come by. Uh, sedentary lives are, are very simple and it's kind of, uh, it's kind of the life we live, you know? So it's, it's just a consequence. And I see even kids like little kids, you see them having weight on them too. And it's like, man, like that's just, it sucks. But you know, I think it's a it's a bigger problem than we can address here on the podcast. Anyways, back to the, the good parts of things. We got on the tram, rode that baby all the way down to the end, and we're right by the Ferris wheel or the giant wheel. We call it a Ferris wheel here. And Cody and I have this picture of ourselves. The very I think it was either the first or second year her parents took us to Ocean City. It was my first time ever going to the beach, 
at like 19 years old. I told you my parents never did anything with me. That's why Ocean City also has a special place in my heart. Like her family took me in. They took me there. We were only together for a few months at that time. And like they invited me into their into their homes and their hearts and their hotel. <laughs> crazy me, right? It was before I had a shaved head and a, and a crazy looking beard. Anyways, we wanted to replicate this picture. And I was like, you know what? We have a cameraman now, Clark man. He's our photographer. So Cody and I stand there with the Ferris wheel or the giant wheel behind us and Clark man's snapping a few photos. And wouldn't you know it, this guy comes over with his family and they're like, we watch your videos. You're the reason that we're here. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? And he's like, do you want me to get a picture of you guys? And I was like, yeah, Clark man, get over here. And this guy took a few pictures of us and they turned out wonderfully. And I was just thinking how crazy that is. I know we talk about the simulation or whatever, right? You guys think I'm, we have like some type of conspiracy theory going on. You guys probably think I'm crazy or you, you do not you guys, just me and you between me and you, you think I'm crazy, but it's weird how these things happen to us. And I'll talk more about things that happen to us on this trip, but of all the places in the world to be, we're trying to get this photo on the boardwalk in ocean city, Maryland, and there's a guy in his family that watches our content that takes a picture of us. How does that even happen? It's not like I'm, I am Casey Neistat out there in New York City where everybody knows him. It's just so random. But it was pretty cool because we got some great family photos, which I'll, I'll do a community post at some point on Greg's World sharing that. I'm a little behind on the videos. And this trip did not help. I went three days without putting out a video. I was editing. We had a little bit of a rainy day the next day. And I'm definitely getting ahead of myself. But I edited our a water park video that would have came out yesterday. If you're watching this the day it comes out. So I got a little more behind. And as as I'm going, I'm recording videos each day too. So it might be September before these August videos are fully released because there was a lot of things that have been happening with all the busy stuff that you, you know about now. When you see these things, you're like, oh, Greg talked about that like three weeks ago, four weeks ago on, on Missing Pieces. Yeah, that's true. But uh, we got our photos taken. It turned out lovely. It was uh, it was something that I wish I would have done. Here's if I could go back, I wish I would have gone to Ocean City every year of my life since we started going there in like 2004. And I wish Cody and I would have taken that photo every single year since then and have that as like a, a memory and be able to look through all the different years of that photo. I see people do this on the internet and I love it. Like when it's like, say a husband and a, and a wife with their little baby, and then you see the kid growing up year by year. And then eventually like they're just, they replicate it down to like the same outfits, the same location, everything. I, I love the dedication of that. In fact, one of my favorite YouTube videos is one of the early ones that came out. I think it was called like Noah takes a photo of himself every day for 10 years or something. And it's this guy and they have like this crazy music playing like uh, piano instrumental. And you see this guy like aging, before your eyes and I love the dedication to that because I'm a guy that likes to go all in on things and the idea of doing something every single day for 10 years is very appealing to me so uh, it scratches that itch I suppose but from our photo which we only now have have two of them but it's never too late to start that's that's an important lesson here in the in this podcast too it's never too late to start something we went over to Marty's and I love Marty's but I have to say the place is really going downhill. And it hurts me to say that because having a boardwalk arcade is an awesome thing. And there's a couple competitors down there. But man, last year we went to Marty's. It was September. And a lot of the stuff was kind of like broken down. And I chalked it up to, well, this whole summer, those machines were probably getting beat on by all kinds of kids and adults. And he's probably going to get everything all fixed here now once the season's over. 
And I'd have to say, like, no, no, everything is still broken. For example, like half of the ski ball machines don't work. Some of the ones that do, they don't give you tickets. I went to play pinball in there. There's like four or five pinball machines. One of them works. And by work, I mean, has a flipper on the right side that doesn't go back down until the ball hits it. And I'm just like, dude, like, you're raking in money at this place. And you're raking in money. I know it because I put a ton of money in your claw machines that have no strong pulls. In fact, I I was trying for this toad, like from Mario. I was trying for this toad. And I swear to God, every single time I was right on it, it didn't, doesn't even flinch. Like a lot of times you'll see like it'll pick when you do a, a weak claw machine or a normal claw machine, I should say, when they scam you. It's not a scam, though. Even though I think that they should have to publish the the odds. Like, it should say 1 in 20 pulls is a strong pull, but it's not regulated by anyone. So, uh, it usually what it does is it grabs it, and it'll pick it up and give you hope, and then it'll drop it at the last second. You're like, oh, man, you got to put more money in. Marty's, they don't even bother lifting. They just slide right over the thing. And I was just getting so angry. I did end up winning the Toad, which you'll see in the video. But I, I dumped a lot of money into that place. And a lot of other people are there dumping money into the place too in exchange for like tickets to get these little trinkets and things. And it frustrates me that they don't put the money back into repairing the place or just upkeeping it. And it's like if you want to have memories that are made for generations, like people remember going to Marty's in the 70s, you can't have the place be run down. You know, you can't just suck the money out of it. And what I'm assuming, and this is all hearsay, but what I'm assuming is that what I I think happened is Marty is the original guy. And I read like the story of Marty's arcade. It was this guy that had apartments down there and he couldn't rent them out. Like no, there was no takers. So in the summer of 77 or something, he ended up putting a few arcade machines in there and it did really well. And he expanded and it grew into the thing that it is. Well, Marty's son is now in control of it. And the only time, the only reason I know this is because there was this article talking about how they went from like a, a cash system where you put coins or bills in the machines to where you get a card and you swipe it, which is what they use. And it, it helps with the, the maintenance in the machine because you don't have to always go in there and fix like money problems and empty the money out. But also people tend to spend more money. It's like, okay, great. People are spending more money. You're not putting time into this. How about you just maintain the place? Because I would say going there as a kid today, you're still going to have a good time. But like as an adult, you look around, you're like, man, this place is freaking busted. You know what I mean? And it makes me sad. Like I'm almost to the point where it's just like, why even go there? Like I can't play pinball. Half the the skeet balls are broken. There's lines on the other ones. The claw machines are super weak. It's just like a it's like a, a cash grab off you. But I do love the place. I just love arcades. I'll say this though: Round One Arcade in Lancaster, the where I go there, absolutely destroys Marty. And if Round One were to go into Ocean City there and do like on a smaller scale what they do at the arcade that I go to, Marty's would be out of business probably within a week. Like there would just be no one there. And I, I wish almost like people would vote with our wallet. I obviously didn't help with this because, you know, you go there and it's your it's your vacation time and you're going to spend some money, play some skeet ball and stuff and play some claws. But man, it just sucks to see like it not, somebody not put the money back in. Maybe it's just a cash grab at this point. Maybe he's older. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to pull as much out of this as I can, and then I'm going to sell it and let it be someone else's problem. And that could be where he's at. I'm, again, just speculating. But, yeah, I just wish they would maintain it because it's one of my favorite things on the boardwalk. In addition to Thrasher's French fries, which is just down the way, if you want to have the best French fries of your life, not as good as Cactus Taters. Cactus Taters are just on a whole other level of incredibleness because they're thin, crunchy, crispy, 
They're like potato chips, but they're French fries. They're fritato chips. They're incredible. Thrasher's French fries, though. If you need some French fries in your life, banging. They're expensive. They're like $12 for like a medium cup. And when you have a, an eight-year-old son and a wife, that medium cup goes pretty quickly. You can go to a large, but that's like a bucket. It's like getting a bucket of popcorn. And man, these things are good. They don't have ketchup there. They like, they don't believe in ketchup, but they do believe in Heinz apple cider vinegar and salt. And you, you just douse it as much as you can with both of those things. And you walk down the boardwalk and you're just in heaven. If I'm painting the picture properly for you. But then after that, you're going to need, well, if you're my wife, you're going to need something sweet to counter it. So then you're going to go to dumpsters, not with a, not with a P like dumpsters, like you, like something you throw trash in dumpsters, D-U-M-S-T-E-R-S. And they have some delicious ice cream there. Legend has it. Their vanilla is like God tier. I got a chocolate milkshake when I was there. Very good. Very thick. They, they, They actually say thick shakes. I almost, I almost couldn't use the straw. So they, unlike Marty's, they come through with what they promise. And uh, I also do a little place called Dough Rollers. It's a pizza place. You guys know pizza, pretzels, pickles, and parks. I got to have the pizza element there. And I love Dough Rollers. So if I could do anything in Ocean City, I would run into the ocean. My favorite thing. I love being at the ocean. I love the waves. I love being out in the ocean where the waves kind of rise you up off the ground and then put you back down. I love that feeling. I love going to bed feeling like I'm still in the ocean. But then nightfall hits. I want to go to the boardwalk. I want to play at Marty's. I want to get some French fries. I want to get some pizza and I want to get some ice cream. I want to go for a walk. I want to be a part of the experience. I want to listen to the music. I want to see people enjoying themselves. And for all those reasons, that's why I like Ocean City more than Outer Banks. I'm sorry, Outer Banks. I just, I love being in the the experience of it, right? But let's talk about the next day. So we went home. We walked home that night. Lovely evening, like I mentioned. Got lots of calories in us. Luckily, I didn't gain any weight from the trip. I guess because we didn't go long enough. But man, every one of our, our experiences we've had this year, I've gone off the rails. And I've put on many pounds. But now we're kind of like getting back and I'm going to start reporting back on my weight. Today I was 170. Lowest I got was like just under 170. Let me check what I was today. I use a, an app called Happy Scale. I'm sure there's better ones. It's just the one that I found. 174.8 today. I got to get that below 170. And then I'm, my fighting weight is 159.9. I'd be lean as frick at 159.9. Just nothing but just buzzed head, beard, and shredded muscle. <laughs> Ideally. In a perfect world. So we got we to gotta get into cutting and uh, we'll you know, now that these trips are over with, I can, I can do that. And I need to hold myself accountable to you and report back to my, my weight because I haven't been doing it because I've been embarrassed. I'll be honest, been embarrassed because I was like, I don't want to tell these guys I'm gaining weight. I look like a failure, but like, we're all, we're all human. Right. And sometimes you know, you're at the beach and you see that delicious dough roller ice or dough, dough roller ice cream. If you see your pizza with ice cream on top of it, you eat it. Right. Let's talk about the next day. This was by far one of my favorite Ocean City experiences. We, we went home that night, went to, went to sleep. It was lovely. Woke up the next morning and decided that we were going to do a little thing called parasailing. Something that I've been wanting to do forever, but with Clarkman being little, I didn't feel like that would work for us. If you don't know what parasailing is, imagine a boat with a bunch of people on it and a parachute on the back of it. They strap you into this parachute and then they drive the boat Uh, So the parachute catches wind and you go up in the air and fly around up there for a while. And then they reel you back in. You're on a rope, of course. 
they row you back in and more people go. And I've been wanting to do this, a little frightened because I'm not a huge fan of heights. As much as I love roller coasters and things, you don't quite think about it as much when you're strapped in. You feel good. Like I feel confident in the, the roller coaster keeping me alive. When it comes to this parachute thing, I noticed that there's like two clips on it from when I'm looking at videos and researching this. And I'm like, man, what if those clips fail? I'm like, I'm okay with the parachute uh, you know, coming off the rope, because maybe you'll, you'll just set, sail back down to the ocean and they can drive around and get you. It's not like skydiving, your chute doesn't come out. The chute's already out before you leave. So like, you can check that off. You got the chute already. But I decided we're going to do this. Even, even against like, okay, I'm putting us in danger. But I really want that experience of feeling what it's like to be a bird, basically. Without any motors, nothing around you, just sailing over the ocean. Not on the ocean, but over the ocean, in the air. So I booked this thing through OC Parasail. It was $100 per person. They had a couple tiers. It was like um, 400 feet was $79 per person. 600 feet was $89. Or 800 feet was $99. And I was like, you know what? As much as my I'd prefer to do the lower one <laughs> mentally, if we're going to do this, we might as well do it up. So I decided that we would do the 800 feet, which sounds incredibly high. It's not nearly as bad once you're out there. Trust me on that. In fact, I think there, I think you need 800 feet of rope to go 500 feet in the air is, is the mathletics that I read, but I booked it and we drove down there. And again, the simulation was working in my favor because we got the best spot in the lot. Like we pulled in this place and there was just like a spot waiting for us. And I'm just like, Whoa, this is still happening. The guy last night, now this, and then we go out onto the boat, the, the two guys that are doing it, like there's obviously like a boat captain guy and then there's a guy that helps strap you in and do all the harness and stuff. Both like really nice guys, a little bit younger than me probably. They're probably like their summer gig, but they were super nice. And I had my my camera with me and everything. So I got all this this video of, of us like riding out. And then uh, we it turns out like they had us, we were all sitting around like the front of the boat and He's like, all right, you, you two guys go first. I'm like, Phew. I'm glad it wasn't us going first. So I watched these two guys get clipped in, like harnessed up and then go up in the air. I'm like, oh my God, I was getting like really nervous. And then it turns out we ended up being the last people. It was just like, there was groups of two. It was like a group of two and then another group of two that was like a part of a family of four. And then their other two of their family of four. And then this mother and daughter went and they were like assuring us the whole time. They're like, we did this before and it was amazing. You're gonna have an awesome time. That made Clark man feel a little more at ease. He was a little nervous. But then like it was our time and we get all harnessed up and then you slide to the back of the boat on your booty and then they clip you in and the guy's like, is your, is your, is your camera recording? I'm like, yeah, I'm a trained professional. And then all of a sudden he's like, all right, go ahead guys. And we, we go up in the air and I was worried the whole time leading up to this. I'm like, what if Clark has like a meltdown up there? What if he has some type of panic attack? What if like this goes really poorly, you know? completely unfounded because as soon as he took off from the boat, he is squealing and talking about how much he loves this and we're having an amazing time. We keep going up and up. I'm getting all the video of it. It was awesome. It was amazing being up there looking over it. You can see the 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 strip, the Ocean City strip. You can see the boardwalk. Everyone down the boat's waving up, up at us and then uh, we're up there for what feels like forever. I think I looked at my camera and it was like 11 minutes of us just being up there. 
And then as you're coming in, he says, well, I'm going to give you a little dip into the water. And everyone else, he kind of dipped twice, like a nice little gentle dip and then a good one. He dipped us three times. I think maybe it was one per person, but we got soaked and Cody was screaming. We got the photo package too, so there's photos of us up there. I just went all in. You know, it was 35 bucks for the photos. I, I anticipated getting like a few photos. The guy gave me like 70-some photos of us up there, so was, that was pretty cool. And I gave them both a pretty nice tip too because we had an awesome experience. They were super nice to us, very accomplished accommodating. And I just, I loved everything about it. Maybe another one of those situations though, where I could have went to OC Parasail. And again, this is me like just flexing on the nation, just like with the Hilton thing. Afterwards, I was thinking like, you know, this video is probably going to be the number one search result when you look up OC Parasail. There's a couple videos, but nothing much. And they're kind of not to be rude, but like, I think I could do better. So quality wise and just editing wise. I'm like, this is going to be the video that people watch that are considering doing this. Should I have like called them or reached out and been like, hey, this is who I am. This is what we do. We do this Ocean City thing. And I want to like, I want to make a video about this and share our experience. Would you be willing to do that in exchange for like, like essentially an ad in exchange for a free ride? And I know like, I, I, I don't, I don't hesitate to say this because this is my place where I can be as honest as I want to be. And some of you guys be like, yeah, totally, Greg, like you should do that. And some of you guys can be like, Greg, you're so entitled. What a jerk. You don't deserve anything for free. But it's like, you know, there is value exchange there because there will be people watching that video. People will find us because of that video, which is cool. And maybe they'll gain subscribers. But like you think about people that get stuff sent for free all the time. I don't know. That'd be kind of a cool thing to get. So uh, kind of a lesson that I've learned for myself is, and maybe this will spin it around in your heart if you're against me right now. I just need to be a better businessman. I just, I lead with my heart and I do what I love. And I don't oftentimes think about the business side of things. And I've done that in Lego too, where it's like, you know, I see a Lego set at the store that's on clearance. I'm like, oh, I really love that. I'm going to get that. But then there's other ones there that are equally cheap that I could like buy to resell or invest in. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to get this one that I really love. You got to think with your, with your brain more than your heart sometimes. And the worst thing that could happen in that situation, if I were to email them, the very worst thing they could say is no. And what do you have to lose? Nothing. So I need to remember that for the future. Just if you, you have to ask if you want to receive, right? Not often in this world will things just be given to you freely. You, if you want something, you either have to work for it or you have to ask. And sometimes the crazy asks can get crazy offers, right? So uh, maybe next year. Hey, I, in fact... Next year might even be better because I'll have the video under my belt and I'll say, hey, this one got this many views. If you want us to do it again, give us your best captain, your best dude that that's super entertaining. I'll make a whole freaking video of just the whole experience. Everybody going up. You can have some paid actors in there, whatever you want to do. But like, just let us have this experience. Let me know what you think about that. Do you think I'm, I'm evil, crazy, uh, desperate? Maybe all the above? Yeah, let me know. Anyways, that was... Uh, an incredible experience, something I'll never forget, and a lesson to Clark, man, a lesson to me and a lesson to you, dear listener, that sometimes things are going to be scary and your everything in your brain and, and, and heart are going to tell you, don't do this. It's so easy to back out. It's so easy to not put yourself out there. It's so easy just to go down to the beach for the day and, and play in the water, which is equally fun. But sometimes if you put yourself into a little bit of an uncomfortable situation or something that's scary to you, you end up having an amazing time and being so proud of yourself for doing it. And that was my life lesson to Clark Mann that day. As I keep trying to teach him that, man, sometimes you just got to try things because you never know. He's always hesitant and he always has these expectations, but sometimes expectations and reality are two very different things. And if you put yourself out there and you, you do something crazy or something that, that 
intimidates you, you never know what it could turn into. So that was the lesson and we all had a fantastic time. And I definitely see us doing that again in a future um, trip as we're going back. You guys know we're going back to Ocean City. I'm writing the most glowing review here. Of course, we're going back and I want to do that. But something else I want to do that I didn't get a chance to do this time. I want to do the jet skis right by that. They have like jet ski rentals. You can go out for an hour for about the same amount of money, a hundred bucks. And they give you like a little tutorial, how to ride a jet ski, how to do it. And then you get to go out on the bay, I think, and just zing around. And I'm like, dude, that'd be cool. You can take two people on the jet ski with you. So it'd be three people. So I was thinking Clark man gets behind me. We just go out jet skiing. And then when he gets a little bit older, maybe he can jet ski too. So it'd be kind of fun to do. And uh, I'm going to do that next time I go there. I want to do go-karts there as well. Uh, it's just we, we didn't have enough time this time, surprisingly. I, sh- I wish I would have stayed for another day, and we almost did. We almost stayed until f- Saturday, but then our hotel got sold out too because the weekend was looking slam in there, and the weekend time, things get a little crazy and more expensive. The, our hotel room on the weekend was $700 a night, so very, uh, very crazy. We usually go like Monday through Friday is our typical routine, but f- that was Wednesday incredible day. We went back to the boardwalk that night, did kind of like a repeat thing, repeat offender. And that's the night that I won toad and was very happy about that. I finally got something out of Marty's after blowing $50 on a, uh, on a card there. Maybe they can put that money towards fixing the pinball machines. That would, I should have left him a little note, please fix the pinball machines. Next day, this is kind of another simulation moment for you simulation detectors out there. We went out on the beach. It was going to be like a lovely like little beach operation day. Even though the weather wasn't looking great, we still got out, got into it on Thursday, at least in the morning. And we're out there and in the ocean. And then there's this kid out there. And he's like, I had my camera out there with me, of course. And he's like, you're making YouTube videos. And I was like, yeah. He's like, I watch you. You're my favorite YouTuber. And I'm like, oh, my God. Are you <laughs> are you kidding me? So we met Jacob, who is a big Brickitect fan. And uh, he watches our our Greg's World stuff too, including the RC videos. And he was a sweet kid, eight years old, just like Clark Man. So Clark Man got to buddy up with him. But the kid was seemed to be like more more interested in like hanging out with me or talking to me. And uh he was like going crazy in the waves. Like he was just a, a he was a he was a badass out there. So uh, it was cool meeting him. And then his parents were like literally right beside us on the beach. Uh so that was kind of wild that that happened again. It just, I guess, of all the places that were known in the world, Knobles and Ocean City, Maryland are our two places. I guess because we make videos there, but uh, it was it was just nuts to to have that experience, and it was just it was a real sweet kid. And that's the one thing that I've always noticed, and I'm sure I've talked about here. Anytime that I meet a fan of ours, whether it's it's usually usually a really sweet young mother and father coming over with their younger kids, always great people. I've never met someone that's been rude or nasty or anything like that. They're always real sweet. So this kid was out there and he became like my other son. His his parents, I don't think, wanted any part of the ocean because it was pretty cold while we were there. Uh, so it's just me, him, and Clark Man out there going crazy. I did feel a little weird. Like there's this weirdness about me that like, like should I be hanging out with these little kids? Like, But then I think, you know, I'm just an eight-year-old in a grown man's body anyway. You know what I mean? Like there's no harm in it. I think like the problem is you think like Michael Jackson and stuff and he's like never had a childhood. Uh, so then I'm going to live my childhood as an adult. And I'm like, dang, that's kind of like me. Only I'm not freaking creepy. No offense to Michael fans. It's just, he's a little, little scary. He's a little creepy around kids. I, don't, I wouldn't like Clark man around Michael Jackson. Let's just say that. God rest his soul. Where did this, <laughs> how did we get here? Oh gosh. Anyways, Jacob was cool. Saw him the next day too. He's like, hey, Greg. And I'm like, oh man, I'm a big deal here in Ocean City. It was like the ego boost was there. 
we had fun. Clark Mann and I in the ocean, we're like two two fish. We're like two dolphins just battling the waves, having fun. We're out there constantly in the water, and that's where I love to be. Cody, though, she's not an ocean fan. She may have went up to her waist at one point or two, but she's mostly into the old uh, getting a nice tan on the beach, laying out there on her on her blanket or sitting in the chair. I'm out there, dude. Uh, I wish I would have brought my boogie board. I bring my boogie board to ocean or to Outer Banks, and it never never get any good waves there. The waves were freaking killing it in Ocean City, so I wish I would have brought it. But yeah, there's always next time. Next time we'll be back next year, probably back next August. And it's crazy how many people ask us like, hey, "When are you guys going to Ocean City?" It's it's like a big deal to people. So I'm glad that we got a we got a chance to go there. Uh, that night we played mini golf. It got really rainy in the afternoon. That's when I did my video edit. I edited the. Uh, the water slide video, which was like almost two hours of footage that I got down to a 26 minute video. So it took me a while. The weather was crap in the afternoon. It started dumping rain. Every, you should have seen everyone scattering from the beach. Uh, it was like full. And then within like five minutes, there was no one out there. And lifeguards, I think it maybe had to stay. I saw there was like a couple people out. So I think they had to stay. I don't think they can just abandon their post, but yeah, it was pretty bad. So I edited then, and then it got real nice again. So we went out for dinner and then we played mini golf and mini golf. I love hate relationship. NC Family 3 are going to hate me for saying this, but I enjoy the act of mini golf, but there's just too many humans playing it. Uh, I always say the phrase too many humans when I'm on the highways, roads, anywhere there's seems to be an overpopulation of people. It's too many humans. Every time we play, like we're pretty quick, right? Obviously, we're not playing by official rules. Clark Mann's out there being a dink. Uh, So we end up scooting through and then we get like stuck behind a group. And you're just like waiting. And then that group got stuck behind a big group. So it's like we get to a hole. There's already somebody waiting there to go. And then there's like five people from a family that are all playing. And I'm just like, oh, I'm not a man with much patience, to be honest. It's something that I am I need to work on. I'm not good at it. So we end up switching courses. There's two different courses there. And we're in like hole 15. I look over. The other course has like nobody on it. So we jump over to hole 14 of the other course. And then we just play through and then leave. And I'm as we're walking out, I look over and the, the guys that were behind are still out there. I don't even know who they're on, but it's like, dude, like, I think it's an issue with the golf course. I think they need to limit the number of people that go out. I think you just walk in. It's like, take my money. Here's a club. Take my money. Here's a club. So you let 30 people go in and then everybody's just backlogged there. If you made it so it's like, okay, here's your time slot. You know, like, okay, you came in at, at 7 p.m. All right, next group, 7.05. You can almost have tea times of sorts. I know that's not how mini golf works, but every time we go out, it just, except for the time in Outer Banks when there was like no one out there, every time we go out, it's miserable playing mini golf because of the people. And I think maybe the way around that is to play in the afternoon. Everyone does mini golf like after dinner. It's definitely an after dinner activity. If you were to go out in the afternoon, maybe you wouldn't be so bad. So if you're a mini golf enthusiast out there, you can comment on it. But I'm kind of like, especially after doing disc golf. I like that so much more than mini golf, but it's okay. It's a, it's a fun experience to do when you're out there. Clark did get a hole in one on at least one of them, but it was like, it wasn't his first try. It was like he hit it and then he came back. Cause we were playing each hole like twice. Cause since we're waiting, we would just hit, hit the ball and then come back, hit, hit it and come back. <laughs> That's, we just, we just mess around, but it was a good time. And then, uh, we wrapped up the night on our last night, taking a lovely walk on the beach. It was beautiful. And that's how I always like to wrap up our beach vacations by taking a family walk and just like soaking the last little bit in. So we drove home the next day and back to regular life, even more so now than ever before. 
uh, as, as these weeks go on. But that was my week in Ocean City, Maryland. It was a really good time, as it always is. I do wish we would have stayed more days, especially with the weekend getting really nice. I don't know what it, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday night looks like in Ocean City. I bet it's crazy because you have a lot of people that just come in for the weekend. But it would be fun to be like a part of that, even though you probably wouldn't even be able to walk on the boardwalk or get into Marty's. I just want to like I want to be there. And uh, I just love the beach. So that was our trip. And of course, you'll be seeing lots of videos of all the things that I talked about here in a few weeks time. But that was that was pretty much it for everything. I didn't anticipate this episode being this long. I was like, I'm just going to talk about the few things that we did. It's gonna be like a five minute episode. Greg, you know yourself better than that. You can't talk for only five minutes. But uh, you guys can because we're getting into listener feedback here. Uh, following up on last week's episode, this first one is from G Family TV, who says, "Kudos to you and Clark Man with the coasters." This is a re- reference to our Hershey Park trip from last time. It says, "I find myself as I get older, unwilling to do all the thrill rides I did when I was younger. I get scared. I guess I'm not invincible like I thought I was. Luckily, my kiddo is still not into the roller coasters per se. I got another year to get my courage back. You know." Roller coasters really aren't that bad. I really don't like the spinning rides, the ones that go back and forth like where like a pirate ship type thing where you get that weird queasy feeling in your stomach like the negative G-forces. But roller coasters I love because you're just accelerating through. And I think if you find yourself on maybe like a, a, a roller coaster on the lighter side, maybe you'll come back into it. That being said, as you do get older, you realize you have much more to live for, much more to lose, and you're a little less risky than you were at as a teenager or in your 20s. And that's how uh, car insurance companies feel about you too. As you realize as a younger driver, less experience in life, higher rates. As you get older and you become safer, more scared, things get a little better for you in that regard. But yeah, I'm a roller coaster enthusiast, so it's like I'm pushing Clark Man into it. If you don't like roller coasters, you're, you're, kid could probably grow up just never uh, never riding one you know when they wouldn't even know the difference but then again it's like you're kind of depriving them of something that maybe they would like so i would feel it out and see how you guys are try a roller coaster if you if you love it fine if you hate it then you know at least you tried it because like i said earlier trying things is is a very important thing to do but you do have a year so won't you i don't know where you live but once you come up here we'll go to hershey park we'll hit just the craziest stuff there and then your courage will be right back after you ride that first coaster. Just like Clark Man getting reeled out over the Atlantic Ocean on a parachute. Come right back to you and you're going to be like, yes, I love this. Next one comes from, thank you for the comment. Uh, next one comes from Zero the Hero, Jaden. This is Greg, another amazing podcast in the books. Yes. Love hearing the weekly stories and adventures. Question for you. I've seen a couple older vids when Clark was a baby and it got me thinking. When he was born... What did you see for him future-wise? Now that he's eight, what do you see for him? And uh, have you helped him succeed in reaching certain goals? Thanks again for making my Sunday workday that much better. Well, thank you for for tuning in. You know, it's interesting with a kid. Uh, when he was a baby, I didn't I didn't see anything for him. Like I don't have any predetermined plans for him. And until you develop like a really strong personality and interests and things like that, it's hard to say what that person's going to be. Uh, I will say these days he's really into becoming a YouTuber, a content creator. And I should give you an update. Clarkman is now a YouTube partner. He's now monetized on the Clarkman channel. And he is just tickled to see that he's making between like 50 cents and a dollar a day. So far, he's made about $6. 
And uh, I just I just love to see it because he's like super hyped on it. He loves making videos. It was before, like if you guys didn't know, Clark Man is recording and editing his own videos. And I would watch through the videos with him and I'd be like, okay, we got to cut this part out. We got to make this shorter. These days though, like the videos that you see are the videos he edits. Like everything is like spot on. And I think in his experience with me, particularly making like the YouTube Lego videos and the vlogs, he's just a natural. So like this is for him, like for, in my mind, for him, like this is an example of I'm putting the time and effort in working on something. And it's something that I actually enjoy and I'm making money doing that. And it's like a lesson that I learned way later in life. I learned it in my thirties. He's learning at eight years old that you can have fun and work hard and make money all at the same time. And what I'm going to do at the end of each month, I'm going to tally up exactly what his channel makes, give that to him in cold, hard cash. And tell him he can do whatever he wants with it. You want to go to Walmart and go buy a toy? That's great. You want to save it? That's great. You want to buy a video game? That's great. You want to go buy a bunch of candy? Not ideal, but we might have to set limits on that. I think he's going to be really responsible. Clark Man has always been a saver. He's like a little cheapskate. He wants to save for his future family, which is kind of adorable. But his goal is to save. And, you know, you save that money up for a couple months. Say it's making 30 bucks a month. you got $100 in a few months. Dude can buy himself, like he might buy himself a PlayStation 5 at some point, and like you just have no idea where this could go. So my job is to kind of encourage him with that. If this YouTube thing, like I, I don't know if he's going to be a YouTuber per se or like a, a like full-time content creator, but even if you just did that as a hobby, whatever your hobby is, just you know make videos on it, and there's obviously people that really love the Clark man and like to see like what he's up to and stuff, and that fan base will be there. If it's something that maybe pays for your college or pays for your, your car payment or your car insurance or your electricity bill or your internet or just video games that you enjoy playing that you like to buy, man, what a win, right? And uh, I think it's a, I think it's a good lesson in working. And uh, Clark is very interested in following my path, of course. But I think that may be the same for a lot of younger kids like that. When you see your dad doing something, particularly something fun like we do, and he's like, "Oh, I want to I want to be a stay-at-home, self-unemployed." My words, not his. Self-unemployed dad, where I get to make YouTube videos with my kids, and it's like, well, it's an honor that you want to do that. That means that he he loves this, right? He loves it enough that he wants to recreate this life that he has now as an adult. In fact, he's already said he's going to name his dog Roxy and he's going to have chickens and he's going to have a cat named Mello. Like he, he wants to, everything we have now, he wants. That's a good sign. Some kids probably want out of their, their life situation that they're in, which makes me really sad, but it's nice to see your kid that wants more of that in the future. So that makes me really happy. And I guess my job is just to encourage whatever path he's in. I don't care if he never makes another YouTube video again. I don't care what he wants to do just know that I'm going to be all in with him on whatever that thing is. And that's, that's just the way I've always been. Thank you for the comment though. And the something to think about next one comes from Megan's moments. I, she said, I, I did quite a bit of garage sales this summer. Thanks to you. Well, I did find a lot of toys to take the daycare I work at plus get reimbursed. So the shopping was free. It was always tricky to look at much stuff because I'd always bring my four-year-old son along son along. He's a talker. While that makes it less awkward most of the time, I have to constantly watch him because he'll talk himself into people's houses. He loves doing this with me, and I think we will continue this for years to come. Thanks for the inspiration. Oh, congratulations for becoming a yard sailor. Uh, your son reminds me of Deb. She is a talker. <coughs> Excuse me. And dude, like she'll start talking to somebody and like become best friends with them. I've never really had that talent. I go to yard sale, I scan everything, and I, I run away. Uh, Bud always asks for a Lego. He's like my Lego connect. Um, but yeah, some people just have the gift of gab and like 
can just draw people in. I suppose I probably could do that, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. But that's pretty cool. And yeah, it does make it less awkward when you have a kid. And man, cute kids at yard sales, they get hooked up too. So if you're trying to get toys, no better way of getting free toys than taking a little kid to a yard sale. People are just like trying to give things away. Uh, Next one. Thank you for the comment. Next one comes from Tim. This one's funny. He says, I've watched this man since I was 11 years old. I'm now about to turn 18. Everything Greg talks about in this podcast is like a life motto for me to follow. Ooh, I don't, ooh, I don't know if I would recommend anyone turn my uh, podcast into a life motto. Uh, what I'd recommend, Tim, is for you to learn from my mistakes. That's the best advice of anything I can give you. I can be like, here's something that I did that went horribly wrong. Don't do that. And here's something that I'm doing now that's working maybe, but it could change in the future. But man, it's a, been an honor to be a part of your your adolescence, I guess, about to become an adult, about to become a grown man. It's going to be really weird when my audience starts aging up like that. I'm start to see you on the boardwalk with your own kids. You'll be like, I watched you when I was a kid. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm freaking old. <laughs> but hey, thanks for sticking around for all those years, dude. I hope you found some content that you that you enjoyed along that time. Next one comes from Wizard Power. This one's funny too. He says, uh, I love the idea of Greg's podcast as a secret hint for everyone to wake up from the hidden simulation. He just needs to hint it occasionally throughout the episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to worry people are going to think I'm a conspiracy theorist or something. But uh, you can really believe whatever you want in life. You can believe that uh, you are in a simulation. You're the only person in the video game. You're the main character. You can believe literally anything. But... I'm just finding these things happening in my life. Maybe it's the law of attraction, which is another like kind of out there thing for some people. But I just find these things happening in my life that seem to be happening to me and maybe like for me, which is really crazy. But a part of it is just like putting yourself out there and like you, you like this world's happening and you'll see things, you know, like that person that I met that took our photo. Had I just sat in the hotel room the whole night, I would never met that person. So like putting yourself out there, I think is the most important thing. And that's what the title of last week's episode was, believe it or not. Yeah. Maybe we're in a simulation. Maybe we're not. Maybe we're, uh, we're AI. Maybe we're created by AI. We've created AI. I don't know. I find that the concept fascinating. It's just, I don't think we'll ever really know for certain. You won't know until, until you die. And then you'll be like, oh, that's what it was. We really were on the back of a turtle this whole time. I don't know. Next one, uh, thank you for the comment, though. Uh, just got real weird here. Next one comes from Drenny, D. Rennie, maybe. It says, hey, Greg, turning 16 in October, and I was wondering if you have any advice for applying for or getting my first job and also managing time. I imagine my schedule will be a little hectic because I train for boxing and also lift weights. Any advice will be appreciated. Well, my first job, I got at a grocery store, and uh, I – filled out a resume. And for my references, I put a few other friends that I had from school that already worked there. And uh, there was a ton of applications when I applied, including my best friend who applied with me at the same time. He didn't, I don't think he did the, the route where he put the references down. But in putting those references on that resume, or not, I guess an application is what it would be, because I didn't have a resume at the time. Uh, I think the hiring person or the manager noticed that I already knew or friends with people that he had already hired. And because of that, they vouched for me, I'm assuming. So it does help to know people, but, uh, in getting your first job, I think if you just, if you're, if you're cleaning your appearance and you show up to a place and you tell them that you're willing to work, the most important thing is you're willing to work. You're willing to take instruction. You're willing to show up on time and, and do your job. If you just do those 
basic things that pretty much any job requires of you, you're going to be like their best employee. Because how many people call off? How many people don't show up? How many people are lazy? If you can just avoid being that, you got this. But you're maybe asking, like, how do you get your foot in the door? I, what I did is I just went around, like, applying at places. I'm assuming it's still the same way. I don't think it's as easy as, like, they have a help wanted sign in the window and then you walk in. Like, you picture the movie where the person walks in and then all of a sudden the sign goes out of the window. I don't know if it's that easy, but it, you probably live in a town where you have various businesses or restaurants or whatever. You could easily get in, your foot in the door somewhere. And uh, you never know where that could take you. But as far as time management, I'm definitely not the person to ask for advice on that. I'm terrible at balancing things. Um, I would say just prioritize. Like You know you're going to have your job at a certain hours or certain days. Your training and things can work around that. But just don't overburden yourself. You're 16. You're going to uh, be going into school here too. It's going to be challenging. But yes, my recommendation to you is once you start making money, save that money. Try to save it up to get yourself something nice. Don't blow it on frivolous things. But also, make sure you have a little bit of experiences. Because if I could go back, oh man, this this is not going to be good, what I'm about to tell you. I'm going to tell you anyway. If I could go back when I got a job working at the grocery store at that age, I kind of wish I was making $5.15 an hour, which was the state minimum wage, national minimum wage too, I think, at the time. I gave up a lot of Fridays and Saturday nights working at that job, making $4 an hour after taxes, money that I really didn't even need at the time. I was just, I just got a job because that's like what my friend was doing. So I, I applied there too. And I was the one that got the job surprisingly, but I gave up a lot of time and I could have had a lot of life experiences and memories made with friends at the time. Could have gotten in some trouble too, possibly, probably not though. Um, and I, I think those experiences would have been more valuable than the $16 that I earned at that job. So while I do think it's good to maybe get some experience under your belt and have a job, I would really keep the hours short. Be like, if, if we can just work like here and there. Because, man, the, the money is just so meaningless. I spend it on stupid things. I bought PlayStation games, PlayStation 2 games, and CDs, and clothes. And it's like, what does that stuff matter to me today? What if I would have had an epic experience with some friends? memories made forever. I don't know. Your parents hate me now, probably. They're like, Greg, I'm writing, I don't listen to your podcast, but my son just said that he told him not to get a job and to go party with his friends. I'm very disappointed in you. Well, that's where I'm at on that, that topic. So you can love me or hate me. That's, I'm going to give you the, the real deal every time, but good luck to you. Report back to me after the job thing happens. Come back to episode 180. We might be on 180 right now. I don't know. I need to go through and number all these. I need to get back into that. Next one comes from James, also known as Jim in some circles, Rolf in some circles as well. Repeat, repeat offender. My favorite type of offender. He says, my manager at work talks about us being in his, in his simulation. Similar to your comments sometimes. He was biking with me when I had the heart attack. I asked him to reset my character if he could. <laughs> He's like, respawn, respawn. Maybe he did. I asked him to, oh, okay. So, uh, so if you get a second, can you reset me, please? I'm also bald and have the goatee. Don't reset that, please. Dude, Jim, I, I shaved my head again. I don't know if you noticed, but I went down to a one again, and I just love it. I love the feel of it. I think it looks pretty good. I like it with the beard. I could probably not have the beard or maybe make it shorter, but I'm kind of just rolling with it right now. Uh, I let it grow out for a little bit, and when we got back from the beach, I was like, Dude, I kind of like it. Like, it's really short. I'm kind of digging it. So I think I've come around. I, I think it it suits me. My dad 
dude, my dad was as bald as bald can be. I never remember my dad having hair at all. Like he had like no hair on the top of his head. So I got luckier than him. But when you have like a little bit of a tan and you got the, the shaved head, mm, I kind of dig it. I kind of like it. Ladies, let me know. <laughs> Ladies are like, Greg, I, I, I literally, I used to watch it on YouTube. I have to listen to it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify now because you shaved your head. I love it. Anyways, the, the goatee look, I could probably do. I like the full-on beard, though, man. Just You just go all in. I like it because I have nothing to manage now. I have, like, this little trimmer thing. I should do, like, my, my routine. <laughs> this little trimmer thing. I just kind of, like, get the, get the cheek area here where you got a couple, couple little rogue hairs. And that's it. And it's, like, you don't even have to really get a shower if you don't want to. You guys don't have smell vision. I could not shower for, like, a month. And you wouldn't even be able to tell. It's not like my hair is going to look dirty or my whatever. I'm, I'm just good. But I am curious to see how this beard is going to be if I grow it out a little bit. I didn't mean to get this into, uh, go into like a uh, hygiene routine. And uh, if you are 16 years old and you're thinking about getting a job, I would recommend getting a shower every day, especially at that age. Because, you know, you don't want to be a stinky teenager. There's plenty of those around. That's one way to not get the job. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the, I feel like we could create like this, uh, the, the shaved head slash bald slash bearded dudes. I feel like it could be a whole thing, you know? I think we could create, like, a, a, a thing. Club? A gang? I don't know what we'd be. Uh, an entourage? I don't know. Anyways, Jim goes on to say, that got a little out of hand. He says, I went to the Columbus Zoo this weekend, and their water was also $4. Yeah, people freaking stealing from, robbing you blind. He says, I went to their soda machine and filled our water bottles with ice and water for free. I did that as well at Cedar Point. I bought a bottle of water for four fifty, drank that baby. And I was, I was like, dude, I'm refilling this. I went over the soda machine, filled it with water. No one said anything to me, just like they did you. And it's like, I've already paid four fifty. You got your money out of me. Do you really need another $4 and 50 cents for me to be hydrated? I don't think so. Uh, he says, uh, if you ever get a weekend, the wilds for a safari ride and the Columbus Zoo could keep you occupied for a few days and have a giant water park. Zumbeze Bay. I'm sold. He said, I did not try the pizza, pretzels, or pickles, but their barbecue was good, and you can look over their Africa exhibit while you eat, which is nice. I'm double sold now. I will have to try the pizza, though. He says, it was $100 for five to eat, and my girl shared a meal. So, yeah, save up. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, <laughs> Sounds like sounds about right. Uh, the entry is steep also, so I suggest looking into the membership if you can go to all the parks across Mobile Days. Uh, may save you some money. They also have rides there, so you can do animals, roller coasters, and water rides all in one place. This sounds like heaven. Is this heaven? The Columbus Zoo? Is it heaven? Hmm. I kind of like all those things. I like, I like uh, animals. I like rides. I like food water parks it, it sounds like my place so i'm putting that on my list we've gotten a lot of recommendations of places to go and we'll talk about those here as as we come up because uh, i asked you guys i said you know if we do this epic cross-country road trip surely you live in an area where there's something really cool there something that you love to do or been to a place nearby that like ha is where we should go i can make a whole itinerary just based on recommendations and i've been putting these all on a list i tell you guys the list these are all actually on a list. So I'll have like a little map drawn out of the places I need to go. And this one's not too far away from us. Uh, he says, earlier this week, we also went to Philly to see Independence Hall and the Liberty Bell and Valley Forge also. I asked my kids while driving if they knew what these places meant for us in the USA. My seven-year-old chimes in and gave a 20-minute master's dissertation on the history of Valley Forge, Philly, George Washington, and several other presidents. 
I don't think Clark Mann could do that at eight. I was actually in awe of her knowledge. Hashtag win for her first grade teacher, Mrs. Lewis, and also my seven-year-old's retention of that info. I asked my 12-year-old why he didn't answer, and his answer was that he was waiting for her to finish, but then she covered it all, so he didn't see the need to respond. I took him at his word, LOL. Yeah, bogus, bogus. He didn't know. That's crazy, though. I Sounds like my uh, my son needs to get your teacher. Because this last year was was no bueno in the world of teachers, but hopefully we're hoping for better for third grade. He says, "Thanks, man. Now I need to spend a thousand dollars on a drone. I carry a backup all anyways, so why not?" Hey, dude, you're alive. I say you get the drone, you go fly it. You're alive. He says, "My friend also disc golfs. He said to write your name and number on the disc. He's gotten calls and gotten discs back. The disc community abides. FYI, my discs are yellow, white, and red. Same in each pack. Since you asked, I'm bitter." Why did I get the green, black, and blue, and you get the yellow, white, and red? Come on. Yours are so easy to find. Mine blends in with everything in the nature. Black, like my soul. Green, like the grass. Blue, like the sky. We're going to get another set, though. I've Dude, there was somebody that commented on my video. He says he has like 20 discs. I'm like, man, I'm probably going to get there. He said it's, it's a crazy rabbit hole that we're going to find our way down. But I'm excited about the disc golf. We haven't had a chance to get out this week, obviously. I should have taken him to Maryland. I bet we passed by millions if not billions of disc golf locations on our way there imagine cody's thrill as i pull off the highway to go play disc golf somewhere i'm like next week i'm like guys uh bad news we got divorced (laughs) she cited my disc golf addiction as the reason apparently stopping 17 times on the way back from maryland and taking three days to come home was a problem yeah anyways Speaking of the disc golf, this guy is the reason that I'm disc golfing now and uh, the person to blame for all the bad things that happened in my life, Mediocrist. He says, they did you dirty with your disc colors. I guess a green disc would be good to train the watch where the disc actually goes instinct. Also at 23 with a shiny headed family tree, I'm pretty much speed running the bald and bearded lifestyle. Please welcome you with open arms. One of us, one of us, one of us. To gingerly touch on the Kendama topic again. While it does have all the rabbit holes of the community, the paint types, the wood types, and the shape variations. It's also a fantastic skill toy just to craft your own experience with. You already know where to find videos of some of the more wild tricks and such. This is self-promoter. And uh, it's equally as great as a hobby just to unplug with Zen out and clickety-clack yourself into some peace and satisfaction. Clarkman loves Kendama. He's actually getting okay with like catching it. And I'm like, dude, okay. We're getting there. We're basically becoming mini mediocrist. He says, trying to get back on track myself, putting more content in the world. Thanks for being more consistent than I am. Cheers to whatever we are getting into and up to this week. Well, I hope you do put out more videos because your channel's better than mine. Just saying. Just saying. Next one comes from Christopher. This is amazing podcast as usual. Being from Pittsburgh, also known as Picklesburg for one week in July. I have... He didn't say that I did. I have Hershey Park and Knobles on my list for next summer. Yes. I'm looking at going to Knobles and going to Ricketts Glen State Park. Oh, my gosh. If you love waterfalls, go when it's like after it rained like crazy. Don't go during like the drought of the summer. This is an ending it with Hershey Park, probably a two to three, two to three day trip. We just got back from Waldemere in Erie. They have a similar setup like Knobles with free parking and free admission. Plus, they have a water park attached. Man, you guys are really selling me here. You know how to win me over. The best way to a man's heart is through water parks, is what they say. 
Press Isle State Park is right next to Waldemere as well. My kids, my wife, and I all had a blast. Keep up the great content. I love that you guys are going out in the summer and getting things done. Man, next year, I would love to uh, you, you slide over to Knobles. We'll be there. I'm sure we'll be there. You'll see us. Make sure you say hi. Don't be one of those people that see us and don't say hi because I know what happens. Come up and take our picture. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Next one comes from Ray. He said, Ray, I'm going to say this to Ray. I hope Ray's listening to this. Ray leaves me the sweetest comments on like every one of my videos. Just a class act. Classy fella, as I like to say. He says, I love the coaster idea. If you're not, if you've not ridden the cyclone in Co Coney Island, so worth the trip. And Nathan's hot dogs afterwards. Pickle relish for the Clark. Dude, I would love to do the Coney Island thing. I would love to like experience that whole boardwalk situation, ride the cyclone, and I would love to do like an unofficial hot dog eating contest to see how many hot dogs I can eat from Nathan's. I sometimes watch hot dog eating contests. It's crazy. In fact, the YouTube and TikTok algorithms must realize that I have it in my dream someday to become a competitive eater because I've been getting that stuff kind of fed to me more and more. There was this guy that went to a restaurant and the challenge was in 30 minutes, you have to eat 10 five-ounce hamburgers all stacked on top of each other with four toppings. He chose onions and onion rings and all the cheeses that they have. So it was like this giant, like huge stacked hamburger, a large fry, and then a large drink. And for his large drink, guess what he chooses? A vanilla milkshake with sprinkles. <laughs> Guy is like, like, take this challenge and crank it up to 11 because that's what this guy was doing. But I, I don't know. I just love the whole eating competitions. And I think if there's any more fun thing to do, what more fun than to eat like delicious, like a delicious food like crazy? Maybe not so fun after you eat 50 pounds of hamburger meat or 50 ounces of it, but it'd be fun to try. I think you get it for free if you can eat the whole thing in 30 minutes. Probably would die. But I, it's something I'd like to, to train for, ideally. Thank you for the recommendation to Coney Island. On my list, if I could just get into New York and like avoid all the traffic. I don't want to drive into New York. So, Ray, if you want to, I don't know if you're still there or not, because you've also commented about Chicago and all these other places. If you want to like pick me up somewhere like in New Jersey or something. I don't even know if I want to drive into New Jersey, to be honest. I've seen those drivers. You come pick me up and we'll go out to Coney Island and eat like 40 hot dogs together. How's that sound? Sold? Sold. All right. Next one comes from Nowhere Girl. So it's been pickling for three or four years. Okay, we got a pickle enthusiast amongst us. There's two of us here. Most often it'll be cucumber, but I've also tried radishes, red cabbage, courgette. I don't even know what that is. And sliced broccoli stems. Some questions for you, Greg. Do you prefer sweet or savory pickles? What is for what is your best balanced pickle? Do you have any favorite herb combinations? Well, there was these pickles that we got this year at the flea market. And they were really interesting because they were sweet pickles. I love sweet and I love dill, but I love spicy pickles. And these ones were sweet pickles, but then they had like crazy like habanero spice on them. And it was really good. The only problem is you can't eat a whole lot of them because it's like your mouth is literally like flames coming out of it. And I tried the hotter version of what they had there too because they let you try them. In fact, that's a place that I should have rolled up and said, dude, my son and I are pickle enthusiasts. Could I just like shoot a video of your whole operation here and try all kinds of pickles. I didn't want to be like, can I try this one? Can I try this one? Can I try this one? Cause I wanted to try them all. He had one with old Bay seasoning on it, which I really love old Bay. I just never had it on a pickle. Uh, but I like spicy pickles. There's these ones we get at Wegmans that are spicy. I've never pickled my own pickles. Um, 
but I think I need to go to Picklesburg next year. And we find out once and for all, what is the premier pickle? What is the best pickle? And if you've had the premier or best pickle and there, I can order them somewhere. Let me know because I will make, I will order them and make a video, maybe a YouTube short even of us trying what you say is the greatest pickle in the world. This is going to be a very small group of people I'm talking to. If we get one person commenting on the greatest pickle, it'll be a success. She goes on to say, hopefully that answer your question. Sweet and spicy. Can I have both? Uh, on the subject of walking, if you ever come back to the UK, considering a walking holiday, if I come back to the UK, I would love to go back to Scotland. I love London too. It says the Lake District National Park is lovely and there's lots of sea. Uh, and do despite being away from the city. Although the summer months tend to draw in tourists, which might be a turnoff, the walking Bible for the area is probably Alfred Wainwright's Lakeland Fells. He documented over 200 peaks to climb. Currently, a very deep rabbit hole. I'd take several years to full. They'd take several years to fully explore. For somewhere really out there, I'd highly recommend Torridon, a region in the northwestern Scottish Highlands, famous for its beautiful landscape. There isn't much to do except hike and sample local cuisine. Amazing seafood. Do they have crab legs? But if you enjoy being out in nature, it can be one of the best awe-inspiring places on the planet, weather permitting. The nearby island sky is also magnificent, but I do note that the highlands are quite rural, so you may have to go out of your way to find basics like groceries. Hmm. You're selling me to come back to the UK. That was an incredible trip. I can't believe that was a year ago. We did that over a year ago now, and that was just the time of my life. That was, oh my gosh, it was incredible. All of our trips were, uh, but man, that we just had perfect weather and we got to see so many things and it was such a beautiful area going through Scotland. And then, I, like I said, I loved London too. London was like just crazy to be there. And it was so clean too, very clean and very nice. At least the area we were in. I'm sure that there's probably bad areas in it, but we were in, we were in a really good one, touristy one probably. Next one comes from Zachariah. It says, hi, Greg. I have a recommendation for a vacation, I think in May of 2024 for you. You, Clark, and Cody should go to Iceland. They have a lot of things you'll like. Clark may want to enjoy it there. It's a city called Kopavagur. Probably said that wrong. There's a museum called Perlin. And there is this sculpture called Sun Voyager, which is really beautiful. And there is also this national park called Thingvellir National Park, which is really cool. You should, uh, um, hey, listen, it's funny you mentioned that because Cody actually got its email. She's subscribed to these various travel things and it was for this group tour to go to Iceland and the primary goal was to see the northern lights and there was all these different days planned out and you could do you know exploring these various areas and then each night was like you get to see the northern lights is like this green glowing thing that appears in the the horizon and I was like man that'd be so cool to go somewhere like cold is, is like a new experience and to like see what Iceland's like and it's not like super far for us really not terrible so it's like a possibility. I forget when it was though. I don't know if it was during the warm months or the cold months. I'm sure it's always cold months there. Uh, but I was like, man, Iceland would be kind of cool. It's funny that you mentioned it. And when I read this comment, I'm like, oh my gosh, Iceland, because uh, she was talking about that. But uh, yeah, we'll have to see where the world takes us. I do want to, I have my, my dream vacation right now is Yellowstone. Like June of next year, I would love to do Yellowstone. And I'd like to go there for like three weeks, see all the animals, have all the experiences. Got to do that um, sooner rather than later. I think it'd be great while Clark's younger because he would really enjoy that. Thank you for the recommendation, though. All these recommendations are wonderful. That's the furthest away one. Oh, no, the UK one was more, more was further than that for us. 
getting across the ocean is is tough though it's expensive in time the time on the plane just is miserable next one comes from tim he says i'm curious how's clark's soccer interest going or as a european it was uh, it was fun to see him getting into soccer or football as it's known in some circles clarkman has tried many sports he tried t-ball he tried uh, little league he tried soccer none of them he was particularly good at and as a parent i can admit that he didn't really have a talent or skill for any of the sports or much interest in them. He did try everything. He did a season of each of the things, but then like, he just didn't want to do it. And I wasn't going to be one of those parents that was like, no, you got to play sports. You got to do this because we all have different talents and interests and abilities. I think Clark Mann's a great entertainer. He's hilarious. He's fun. He's, he's, he's fun loving. And he's very, um, very thoughtful. What he's not is an athlete and that's okay. So uh, soccer is is not going anywhere. Uh, the most athletic thing that he does these days is uh, play skeetball, and that's okay with me. Sorry to disappoint you, though, as a soccer enthusiast, or football, as it's known in some circles. Next one comes from Stuff Things. Thank you guys for all the comments, though. This is great. He says, hey, Greg, this is going to make our longest episode ever, maybe. He says, hey, Greg, I've been listening for a while, but I don't often comment because I'm normally over an Apple podcast. Well, congratulations for coming over. He said, I did want to say, however, that as a Michigander myself, I would highly recommend going up to visit the Great Lakes before the horrible winter weather sets in because many of the areas are really nice, but be warned, the water can be colder than the South Atlantic that you recently visited. It was cold enough in Ocean City, Maryland, my guy. So it seems like you had a lot of hobbies over your life. And I was wondering, did you ever go through a camping phase? Or is that something that interests you now? I'm genuinely curious because I found that camping is a topic that really divides many people. Some people hate it and some people love it. And was wondering what side of the debate you fell on. I myself am a big fan and really enjoy canoeing and camping over the summer. Great episode, as always. And I can't wait to hear from you next week. Camping is something that I would love to get into. I never did it as a kid. Again, my parents never did anything with me. So I've only been camping a few times. And typically what I do, I got a $5 yard sale tent that Deb bought me. And we take that up to their camp and we, uh, I, I put that up and we have our little camp out thing there. It's nothing too crazy. Uh, but we've gone to Hills Creek State Park and we stayed in one of their little cabins. Nothing too rustic. They have like a bathroom and stuff there, which I really like. I love Pennsylvania State Parks and I'm assuming other state parks are like that. Problem is, Clarkman loves to camp. In fact, that's like his thing he wants to do this week. He wants to go camping. He wants to go up to Cody's parents' cabin camp thing and put our tent up and do the thing with like RCs and go swimming and all that fun stuff, have campfires. I love it. So I'm on the side of loving it. Cody has zero interest in camping. So if I ever do like a camping uh, chapter, it's probably going to be a solo thing or with Clarkman. But I mentioned last week something that I would love to do is thing called like camping coasters, tentative name, where... I go, I go to various campsites and I stay there, but then the next day, like I stay close to amusement park where I can go ride all their very insane roller coasters. And I'd love to do that all over the place. So you'd have like a little bit of the the camping side of things. And then you'd have the, the coasters and the, the fun and the pizza, pretzels, pickles, and parks part of it. And I can't fit camping in there. I, I don't know. I got nothing for that, but I would love to do that. I'd love to get into to camping or uh, just exploring nature. It's something I really enjoy doing. And I kind of like the rustic side of it. I like just having what you have with you. I do have a dream of someday hiking the Appalachian Trail. I don't know if that's ever going to happen because of the obligations I have in life now. Something I wish I would have done before I had a family and, you know, other people relying on me. That would have been a great thing to do at 18 years old. Graduate high school and be like, all right, I'm going to go six months on the Appalachian Trail. I'll be back when I finish it or when I when I die. One of those two. That's how I would live the Appalachian Trail life. 
But yeah, I, I think camping would be really fascinating and I think great content because you're always in a new location. I've considered getting like an RV or a camper, but then it's like, that's, that's a huge obligation and just money pit driving down the road. So I think I would just take my car and like tents and stuff and keep it really simple. I think it would be really fun and, and be like an adventure. So it's definitely something that's on my list of things that I would like to do. And uh, I think there would be an, an interest in camping with, with Greg and possibly Clark, depending on if he wants to do it, which he probably would. Cody, though, she'd be at the hotel. We'll have to go pick her up at the hotel where they have uh, uh, Starbucks and a hairdryer and showers and all that stuff. Uh, last comment, last but not least. And this one, yeah, this is a bummer. This is from DB Bricks. He says, I'm very late to the comments this week, but I did want to say how distressing it is to see what's happening in Maui at the minute. Your travel vlogs make me feel like I've been to places I can never dream of going to. And to know that so much of that island, including the whole of Lahaina, is now literally a pile of ashes seems barely seems real. I know, Greg, that you loved your time there. I guess having been there in person so recently only makes the thoughts of what's happening there so right now so much stronger. RIP to the victims, and there's hoping that everyone out there gets the help they need. Yes. Um Lahaina, man, it, such an awesome little town. If you go back to our Hawaii vlog, first of all, Hawaii is my favorite place in the world, particularly Maui. I haven't been anywhere other than Maui, but it was incredible. It was the most beautiful landscape you could ever imagine. The snorkeling there. I love being in the water. I love snorkeling. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And that was on the north, like northwest side is kind of where I was, or like the west side. Lahaina is in the southwest side of Maui. Maui's kind of like two, two chunks sort of. And if you haven't been following the news, wildfires started there caused by some like hurricane style winds that pushed the embers. And I don't know how the fire started, but uh, it burnt the entire town to the ground with so much history there. And it's just completely gone. If you see photos or video of it, it literally looks like a bomb went off. It looks like the game Fallout. It looks like uh, like life after people, not in a good way either. And it's just so sad to see all that history and tourism and everything there just completely evaporate. And especially in a place where the people that live there are so proud of where they live. Like even the, the lady that took us on the road to Hana, which is like kind of going up north in the area. She had moved there, I think, in the 90s. She was from the United States. And she, you could tell she just had such a love and admiration for Maui. And I just think about her and her seeing all these fires, which I'm not even sure if they're they're out yet. I just worry, like, everything's going to be gone. And I it makes me so sad to to know that the most one of the most beautiful places on the earth is now just, like, evaporated. I know it will come back, but it won't have the same feel. And it's going to take a lot of time and money as, as what it once was. But there's this other side of it too, and this is why I, I really like to wrap up on this because I think there's an important message here. I'm so thankful that we took that trip, that we took this year. I know I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that this year's coming to an end and it's bittersweet, but I'm so thankful to have had those experiences, to be able to have gone to Lahaina before it burnt down, to be able to experience Maui and to have been able to do that is so incredible. And it's a lesson to me and hopefully you, dear listener, that you shouldn't put off things in life. Don't let, don't be like me in my twenties where I was like so hyper-focused on getting out of debt and trying to change my life for the better and uh, just not truly living, but like planning, preparing for the future. While there is a future to prepare for, at least I hope there is, 
I think it's important to also be in the moment and to have those experiences, to put yourself out there. Like we, like this whole podcast circles around to try new things, to try to do things that scare you, to be in locations where magical things can happen to you. You have to like ex- have these experiences. You've got to be there. You've got to show up. Just like I mentioned earlier, if I would have been in my hotel, I would have never met the person that, that took our picture. And I know that's such a small thing, but it's, it's a lesson to me that I need to live this life to its fullest experience because I'm not getting any younger. I'm going to be 39 at the end of this year. And with the, with these wildfires and the weather and everything that we're experiencing, who knows what the future looks like. So I would say to anyone out there, as important as it is to know that there's a future and be prepared for it, living today is the most important thing that you could possibly do in your life. So if I had to give some unprofessional, uninvited life advice to anyone listening to this out there, that's my advice. Go out there and live today and make the best of it. So on that, I'm going to leave you. I hope you have a glorious week this week, and I'll find you next week in our next episode of Missing Pieces.